0: It's Dr. Stew's podcast at drstu'spodcast.com. I'm Brian Whitman, along with my friend, Dr. Stuart Fishbein. You can get this podcast on iTunes. I would say subscribe on iTunes. Write a nice review for Dr. Stew's podcast. Give him five stars. My goodness, a man's a doctor. He's a physician. (laughs) See, I was struggling with the word physician right before we started. You were. were. I I wanted to say it just to get it out of the way. Physician. Physician. I was saying Physician.
1: Physician. 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 Yes, Assume the Physician.
0: Okay, right. That's exactly right. Thanks. There's the name of today's show.
1: Assume the Physician. No.
0: I think it's not a bad title. No,
1: actually, it's the title of a book that uh, somebody gave me to read. I I wish I could remember who lent it to me. Uh, Want to thank him. It's a great book. (laughs) want to thank whoever you are. Yeah, I want to thank whoever you are that gave me that book. And you know who you are
0: listening right now. You go, I'm the guy who gave them the book. Whoever <laughs> gave you the book is screaming at their radio or their computer going with their iPad saying, it's I gave book. you the book. It's my book. It's my book. Right. By the right. way, wasn't, it wasn't
1: your book, was it, Beth?
2: No. It okay. My All right. So, we have a guest yes, here. We <laughs> have we'll a guest, so introduce get to we'll get back in just
0: to a moment. A I want to encourage folks, if they have email for Dr. Stu, ask Stew at gmail.com. That's ask Stew at gmail.com. And the
1: man is like OCD with the emails he answers every one of them I am I do answer every one of them or we'll talk about if they need direct answering or if we'll talk about them online I just uh, right now it's all me Uh, if we ever get really busy I will probably put Randy to work but Right now, it's just me.
0: Yeah, we're always available. Randy and I are always available for side work, whether it be Clint. You're moving in an office, right? You need somebody to grab a couch. Well, you've,
1: and- you've been in enough of my podcast now, where you could start answering medical questions. Can you imagine? I know Randy can. Randy's an expert. You know, he's been at. I don't think cu- you want, been want Kaiser us- uh, system for so long now. He knows everything about there is. I don't know if you want either of us dispensing medical advice. You know what? You in the room very quickly. Uh, you, well, you, you but, may- but you may- Dr. Uh, Dr. Brian uh, does. Dr. Whitman. Oh, I'd be Dr. Whitman. Oh, you'd be Dr. Whitman. I wouldn't be Dr. Bryan. I'd be Dr. Whitman. Okay, Dr. Whitman is actually an expert (laughs) at many things, including rosacea. Right. Right. And uh, neurosis. Neurosis. Uh, Psy- yeah, psychiatric
0: disorders. Clinical depression. Yep. Obsessive compulsive disorder. Absolutely. So right. I'm a special- tis- specialist in all of these areas. What can Brian prescribe me for my rosacea now? You get that cream. They gave you cream. No, no. What are you going to prescribe me? You're the doctor. I don't know. Take something. Take an aspirin. <laughs> all right. So here's uh, very quickly, before we get to Beth Cannon, our very special guest here on Dr. Stew's podcast, you said a moment ago that I could answer the questions. And I said, I think with a great deal of humility, no, I couldn't. I have a friend who I will not name. He's a famous person. You have a lot of friends, Brian. Well, I always, uh, you know, I do have a lot of friends. You do have a lot of friends. I do have a lot of friends. Right. I'm, I'm well loved.
1: You are. I, thank you. You are. So you, my, you, my, are, you are silky smooth. You are very professional. And I feel honored to have you as my uh, co-host. Wow. Right off the card. He read it without, ha- wasn't that a beautiful read? I mean, he read that right off the card beautifully. That was amazing. That was amazing. Well, co-host isn't exactly the right word. No,
0: I'm not. A, it's a your
1: show. Yes,
0: this is your show. It's my Joe's show. Podcast. You know what I, I am? I'm
1: very humble. I just—it's hard for me to recognize that this is my show. I'm a facilitator of the right. program. I facilitate because everything program.
0: I've ever had has always been
1: taken away from me so by the government. I don't—I yes. don't want the, my show to be taken away from
0: it me. It won't be taken away from you. I was going to say. I promise. Okay. My friend says, which is a weird thing for a guy to say, but he has said it for years. He said. I'd be a great doctor. He's not a doctor. He's never had any medical training. But he's convinced even more specifically that he'd be a great surgeon. Who says that about themselves? I know, for example, I'd be a terrible surgeon. I don't have the attention span. I would be an awful surgeon.
1: Don't ever let me near you with a scalpel. I I have no idea why your friend would say that. I mean, being a surgeon is... uh... You know, some some people who are surgeons do so because they're not good with people skills, and so and they're very good with hand eye coordination, and you know it pays well, and it's uh, they're fixing things, and a lot of people have the need to fix things, and uh, but I don't know your friend, so I can't. He, he wouldn't would begin to be, a good why he would be a good surgeon. He's such
0: a he's, he's, his mind's all over the place. He wouldn't be a good surgeon. He'd be a terrible surgeon. And I've told him that. I say, stop saying that. You'd
1: be the worst surgeon ever in the history of surgeons. <laughs> I, I, well, know what? You know what? I I know. Know what? That's not possible. I've because you wa- know the- <laughs> I've watched surgery and uh, with people who are the worst surgeons I've ever seen in my it life. It
0: must make you nervous, actually, to watch a surgeon who's doing a bad job, and you're a, a, a professional. You must be nervous. Oh when that well, yeah.
1: Or just even when I used to work at the hospital, and somebody would be rolling in for a surgery with certain characters who I knew uh, were potentially dangerous in the operating room and there's nothing you can do about it you just uh, you just have to look the other way and and, hope for the best and hope for the best and fortunately the body the human body is amazing and despite what we do to it self-inflicted or physician inflicted right. uh, it does heal pretty well most of the time it's
0: resilient isn't it yes it is our guest on dr Stu's podcast today is beth cannon beth cannon of course is a licensed midwife all over los angeles uh she operates and provides her services she's got a great website too Birthingrhythm.com. Birthingrhythm.com. And we will have a link right here on Dr. Stew's podcast on the main page to birthingrhythm.com so that uh, you can visit Beth's website because she comes to us today, as most people come to Dr. Stew's podcast, Uh-oh. with no shortage of opinions. Here it
1: comes. <laughs> oh, been- yeah. I asked Beth to come and join us today because we were having a conversation recently about Assembly Bill 1308, which I will refresh people's memory is the bill that passed recently. In the uh, state assembly and was signed by the governor, and does allow f- licensed midwives in the state of California to practice without physician supervision. Right, which initially we thought was going to be a really good thing. We did a whole show dissecting the legislation before it was passed by the signed by the governor and the PS says he did sign it. Correct. Adiola Addison was here and she discussed. the uh, the pros of it. But we also sort of started to scratch the surface on the cons of the bill, things that get slipped into a bill, which happens all the time. It could be a corn husker kickback or it could be uh, something else that gets slipped in at the at midnight. But in this bill, you know, it didn't start out this way, but some things got slipped in. And so Beth and I were talking and she made me realize there's a lot of things in this bill that are not so sweet. And, mm. and so, Beth, why don't you give us an idea? We're, 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 and welcome. It's, it's great time. to have you. Thank you, you for right? having me. Nice to meet you.
2: You, too. Yes. Um, So the bill, removing the physician supervision portion is great for midwives.
0: And that was the big part. I mean, that was the uh, element that got all of the, well, it didn't get a whole lot of media attention, but the media attention it did get was really focused on that area, right?
2: Yes, because in some parts of the state, Uh, Midwives actually have problems getting medications and prescriptions and ultrasounds. And, you know, I don't have that problem. I actually did have do have supervision. So for for me and for uh, some of us, that wasn't necessarily a big issue. But for a majority of the midwives in the state, Mm. it has been very helpful, that piece.
1: And there was also a risk that a midwife practicing without supervision at the whim of a of some prosecutor, you know, some prosecutor could be charged with a crime. Right, so, so that's that's gone.
0: AB thirteen oh eight. It's interesting. This is actually a very interesting take that we're that uh, that we have today. It's important that we discuss it here on Doctor Stu's podcast because no doubt, uh, and folks will go back right on the main page or or in their iTunes folder and listen to the program that we did on AB thirteen oh eight. No doubt, Beth, there was. Uh, it seemed that uh, unanimously or certainly very widespread, the support in the home birthing community, the out-of-hospital birthing community from midwives, from doulas, from some physicians uh, like Dr. Stew, there was this great support. But you come to us today to say, you know what, there's some in here that's bad.
2: Well, I support that piece of 1308, taking right. out the supervision, removing that piece. It took tw- over 20 years to get that removed. Mm-hmm. The bill was sponsored by ACOG is actually part of the issue here. Right. Okay. The American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. Right. So here's this bill sponsored by ACOG that is basically dictating the rules for midwives. And midwives were licensed by the same board as doctors, first of all. We're licensed by the Medical Board of California. Mm -hmm. So... We also have very extensive training in normal birth. It is not this like, oh, I'm just going to call myself a midwife and be a midwife. In California, we have rules and regulations, schools of only a handful of schools that are approved by the state. And we have to take an eight-hour test by the North American Registry of Midwives in order to get the CPN credential. So we are educated people.
0: And it's all appropriate, too, that you would have to to meet those requirements.
2: Absolutely. Totally. think my training was wonderful and extensive and thorough and 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 I had great preceptors and mentors and still do. And it's cool that that's all great. Um, But I also feel like we have, there used to be a gray area for midwives under the, under the, the old part of the law. Mm. So part of that was doing breech births and delivering twins. And it it used to be gray and Mm -hmm. now it is not.
0: Mm. So what is tell us very uh specifically what is the negative in the bill what does the bill call for what does the bill change that you as a midwife are opposed to
2: Well they've defined normal birth
1: Well that's the problem is actually <laughs> they haven't defined normal birth Well th- the, the the law states that uh, licensed midwives are confined to normal birth But the definition of normal birth is going to be left up to regulators. Mm. Sort of like the, you know, the Obamacare bill was designed to do this, but all all the blanks had to be filled in by regulators later. We're only finding out later on the damage that was done. What Beth says that this bill about midwives was sponsored by the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology makes you wonder, you know, why are they sponsoring a bill Mm. that makes it easier for midwives to practice without supervision? Well, now you're going to find out why, because they stuck in a whole bunch of things. There's a whole lot of language in there that makes
0: you, at the very least, uneasy, Beth.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, okay, it makes me uneasy. Okay, so makes, it her, makes her angry. Makes actually. me, it makes me mad. Yeah, you appear angry, actually. <laughs> you, you, you do appear. You're very emotional about this,
0: uh, in a good way. Uh, so let me ask the obvious question: How did you not know, or did you know, and uh, not? Uh, and and not make an issue of it because the greater good of AB1308 sort of was overriding this bad stuff.
2: Um I support the re- I supported the removal of physician supervision. I did not support the other changes of defining how I can practice.
0: Looking in the rear view mirror, would you still have your, would you still, if if AB 1308 were coming up today for a vote, say it was in the ballot, on the ballot, right? Or say it were, was not signed by the governor, would you still, do you still support it? Or do you well, regret the, the I, support that you had for it?
2: I became very quiet once I, saw the bait and switch that was happening okay. and I did not outwardly support it.
0: And for folks who might, uh, who, who are lay people, who are not in, in the home birthing community or not uh, physicians like Dr. Stu, of course, uh, is that the primary concern here that the term normal birth, and of course, and no matter what the conversation is, when you start to throw around adjectives like normal, people say, what well, is normal? You know, the definition of normal always changes. What I'm hearing from you is that they regard normal birth as something that's not a breach. Not correct.
1: Twins. Correct. Okay. All right. Yeah, and it, and Brian, the problem with the definition of normal being in the wording, but the regulations not being defined, is that if you take ACOG's definition of normal, all right, well, is someone thirty-five years or older normal? If some, if normal is defined as thirty-seven to a wall of forty-two weeks, all right, what if somebody has hazy dates, or what if somebody's in labor at, on, at forty-one and six-sevenths weeks? And now the clock clicks over to midnight, and now they're 42 weeks. Does the midwife now have to transfer care of that patient because it's outside the definition of normal 37 to 42 weeks? Mm.
2: According to the law, that's what it says. What happens
1: if she discovers (laughs) that the woman starts pushing, and oops, it's a breech delivery, and it's about ready to come out? Should she catch the baby, or should she call 911? And let their disaster occur from nine one one coming and taking the baby when the baby could have been delivered in a minute or two. But no, she better not do that because she might be, you know, why do they have to have these sorts of hesitations put on them? Was there an effort made uh,
0: in the community, Beth Cannon, to go in uh, 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 to contact legislators and try to remove from the bill this language that is offensive to you?
2: Um, What I am being told by the greater community of those that have worked very hard in order to change, get this bill passed, Mm -hmm. is that if the bill isn't done, we're still working on it. And what I say to that is fabulous, except it took 20 years to do this last piece. So I'm 42. Mm. (laughs) I'm going to do this job (laughs) for another 20 years. Right. And maybe by then it will be removed. I mean, I'm still... Going to do what I'm doing,
1: Brian. I went up. I went up to Sacramento last year for a hearing about this bill. It was. It was in a different form at that time, and they had been debating for more than a year or so how to change the wording in one sentence. in In Sacramento, right? It takes more than a year to change the wording. In one sentence. And I think I brought this up when we talked about how Obamacare, Obamacare got pushed through in, in like 90 days of 2,000 pages of, of regulations. Whereas one sentence in Sacramento takes more than, you know, probably more than a year, probably was 20 years right. to try to change this one sentence. So, the way the law is, for those who don't
0: know, Beth, and I don't, I'm asking, a uh, midwife, you are a midwife, you can participate in a home birth, in a home breach. If a physician is available,
2: if I have Stu next to me, right, if, I can do that.
0: Okay, but AB thirteen oh eight and AB thirteen oh eight asserts and underscores you gotta have a doctor Stu next to you if you're a midwife, and you are, and it's a breach. Correct. Are you saying to Doctor Stu, look him in the eyes, and tell him you don't think he needs to be in the room? Is that what you're saying? I mean, th-
2: I I will say right now, I I'd like him in the room still. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to be learning from. Dr. Stu. Sure,
1: but Brian... And, okay.
2: But there is a point that I don't necessarily think I need him in the room, or he may be at another birth, or whatever the case may be. I mean, and they- then my clients are going to have to pay the extra piece so Stu can sit on the couch and you know hang out while the baby comes.
1: My problem with this is there are midwives already out there who know how to do breech deliveries. They're quite qualified. They've done probably almost as many as I have, maybe even more for some of these older midwives. They're the only option that breech women have, besides me, in the state of California. If they want to be home. If If, they want to be anywhere. If
2: they want to deliver a breech vaginally.
1: Right. Because (laughs) no one's doing them in the hospitals anymore. Almost nobody does a breech delivery in the hospital. Not on purpose, anyway. Not a planned breech delivery. So now you're taking away... These women are quite skilled at this. And again... Regulators do what regulators do, they lump everybody into one size fits all. They regulate. And so they're gonna make this rule that you can't do that. Now, why should a midwife who's trained in breach delivery not be able to do a breach delivery? Why should she why can't she have a way out to opt out of this regulation to show Like that, she has training. Like a hospital won't allow me to do a laparoscopic surgery until I've shown them that I've taken a course in laparoscopic surgery and I've done a number of cases with proctors who have then written up uh, evaluations that say I'm capable. You can do it. So why why do they have to have a hard and fast rule? And again, it, again, it's about power. It really isn't about what's best for the consumers of California.
0: It sounds to me, uh, Beth, and, I have, and, I, and I've made this suggestion, or I've actually said it quite bluntly in the past here on Dr. Stu's podcast. Again, Beth is a uh, licensed midwife. Birthingrhythm.com is her website. There seems to me to be a desire from the mid... From the midwife community, from a lot of folks in the community, and I've even put the question to Dr. Stu, to sort of remove the doctor from this equation. Uh, that's when we have these conversations, I'm always, that's what I'm always hearing, is a desire to sort of incrementally remove the need of a, of a physician, of, of Dr. Stu.
2: Well, I believe is, is that... The desire? that Birth is a normal physiological process. So right. for a normal l- pregnancy and labor, I don't believe a doctor is always necessary at all. So, so obviously I don't.
1: You disagree with that? Forgive me. For, for well, my, you disagree? Well, why would you say I would disagree with I that? Don't no, think, asking, I don't I'm think. I don't think you
2: disagree with no, that. You know
1: I don't disagree with that. No. I, no. I. I think that. Uh, look for normal birth. We've talked about normal birth a million times here, Brian. It's I, not something fit- that you need a. Do- you don't need a doctor for normal birthing. Doctors don't even know normal birth.
2: Well, that's what I was just going to say. I think Dr. Stu would say that midwives know normal birth better than doctors. Absolutely. Wouldn't you? I
1: would say that. I've said it. I, uh, no, fact, no. I have said that. Right. A you, you, hundred you, times. You've said it. If I've said it once. i said it a <laughs> thousand, <laughs> thousand times. A Trying to clean this room. Right.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. You, you, you have said it. But I guess what I'm trying to get at, Dr. Stu, is um, with all of your training and your credentials and you're a doctor. I mean, is there a part of the doctor that hears... Uh, that hears this and sort of i know there are some doctors that resent it obviously i know there are some physicians that resent the effort to remove them uh legislatively
1: or culturally from this process i know that those doctors are out there because you've talked about it right well there is a fear in some of the community that it's going to cost them business that you know i don't believe that that doctors who are vehemently against anti-midwife do so because they actually believe they're unsafe. They'll hide behind the, the facade of safety as their argument. But, they, but it isn't really that. It's really economics. Just like there was a big deal for a while where um, I think it was physicians didn't want to have uh certain ancillary or allied health professionals being able to prescribe mm-hmm. and there was a thing where orthopedists had a problem with chiropractors uh, doing we've talked things, about that yeah we doing certain that. things in the state and you know we, we all need to work together and we have to realize that ultimately let's put the information out there let's have uh responsible supervision and regulation but let's not stifle uh competition let's not stifle business let's let the decision be made by the consumer mm. What's the I, matter with that? What What is the matter with somebody listening to uh, the the option of hospital birthing with a doctor, home birthing with a midwife? Oh, I have a breach. I want to have my baby at home. I don't want to have a C-section. I know that there's risks involved here, but I know if there's risks involved, I go to the hospital. I've discussed this with my family. This is my choice. But the government says, no, you can't do that. That's, that's the totalitarian state. I don't want to live in that place.
2: I think it's... M- not about removing physicians is really what any midwife wants. Midwives want to collaborate and refer when appropriately and be respected and have a relationship that's easy to, to go to. Dr. Stu, when you need something and say, what do you think about this? Is this normal or and just be able to really have that relationship where where it's. Not adversarial in any manner.
0: Of course,
1: uh, almost a consultation. Uh,
2: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Right.
1: Right. You know, I find I find the the relationship that I have, the consultation or the collaborative relationship with m- midwives that I have, to be really rewarding. Mm. I don't need to be taking care of people. I this, today already I've had texts or emails from multiple different parties, yeah. midwives, clients, asking me questions. I feel really comfortable responding to these questions. I'm not worried about liability, and I'm not worried about not getting paid. I'm happy to give out the advice. I'm busy enough. Well, you know, and so, it's interesting, I, I don't Stewart. I don't have that yeah. that sort of professional jealousy. It well, really is a nice it, relationship. It sounds like your ego is not threatened, and
0: I guess driving to it, a lot of doctors uh, might have their egos Threatened by the desire of a midwife to sort of assert that the doctor doesn't need to be there. That's what I'm gearing. Uh, well, that up may be toward. true. It may be also. I think that, it's definitely it may, true. Right? It may
1: also be that they their ego is hurt when the client the patient decides to leave their practice to go to a midwife instead. Mm. Uh, you know, sometimes if, if that happens to me, like I have patients come to me, and I'm a physician who does home birthing now. Sure, and I will tell as part of my initial appointment with them i will go over all their options including hospital birthing but one thing i will go over with them is the option that you know what you're normal there's a lot of midwives in the community you don't necessarily need me here's the pros of having me but here's the, here's the reasons you don't need me mm. and if you if they choose to go someplace else great if they come to me then i know they really needed to come to me and they wanted to come to me and certainly a lot of people have both
0: they they're under the care of a physician and a midwife i mean th- that's not uncommon right beth
2: Uh, People do concurrent care. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, At your website, birthingrhythm.com, before we get to that one, I want to ask you about the site. Is there underway right now here in California any sort of legislative fix to address the issues in Assembly Bill 1308 uh, that you are so opposed to?
2: I am being told that, like I said, that the bill is not finished. They're going to work on these pieces that dictate what is being defined, what they're defining as normal. So again, I'm not. Uh, you know.
1: Well, do we know? It's,
2: w- it's going to take a while.
1: Do we know who they is?
2: Well, they, which they, they I know they a couple of they. They are to work on it. Who is they? They, they, they are would. The, the the folks that really were spearheading the removal of physician supervision. So mm. Cam and so uh, the, the,
1: there will be midwives involved in this decision. It yes, won't simply and so, be the California uh, Medical Association and the American College of mm, Obstetrics mm, and Gynecology. No. It
2: will it, it's. It's going to be midwives involved, but it's just going... I don't really have the time to wait around <laughs> another 20 years, you know, to, no. for, for this f- to be shifted. I mean... So are, are there- you... Uh, Beth, it sounds to
0: me, and I think you might have said a moment ago that you're just going to keep on doing what you've been doing? Or are you um, are you going to be moving ahead? And uh, doesn't matter what this law says?
2: Well, I'm going to continue. we're on
0: the
1: Internet here, so be continue
2: careful. Continue attending yeah. Breach Births with Dr. Stu and okay. learning my skills. I'm going to mm-hmm. continue going to conferences and... I may. I've entertained more than I probably have in the 20 years I've lived in California. The possibility of moving out of the state, so I don't have to consider. Really? Are there are
0: there other states, Beth, <laughs> that are more accommodating of well, birth outside of the hospital and the model? Y- yeah, that you're, well, there are. What are I those mean, states? The,
2: can There's, um, like, Washington oh. it has similar laws as Cal, they use licensed midwives, but it's more of a peer re- gr- review g- group, uh-huh. which is what it used to be here. Right. Um, as far as if you're doing twins or breach, like, what's the community standard? Mm-hmm. Oregon does not have licensure. It's voluntary licensure. Mm-hmm. Texas is pretty liberal with midwives. It's p- surprising, uh, right? <laughs> northeast. <laughs> li- northeast, Texas liberal? Yeah. Yeah. With with midwifery no, but, but it's
1: Yeah it's the wild west They, they, they don't like They, the don't, wild they west. don't like Regulations in Texas so. Yeah I guess that's And they
2: love right? Their midwives in Texas Absolutely They love their midwives How
0: long have you Been doing it You've been a midwife I've For how long
2: I've been a midwife Since 2006 Is when I started school And oh, I wow. had my own practice We
0: usually midwife. ask Right up top But we didn't today Are you a mom yourself
2: I am a mom and I have three kids And
0: were they born In the hospital Or they, they born? were not All three of them I, Were born I,
2: at home I have My first was born In a birth center oh, cool. With midwives Right. And my other two in my bedroom.
0: Do you still have? Uh, how old is your oldest baby child? She'll
2: be thirteen. Oh,
0: she's not a baby anymore. Well, she's no, still your baby. Of course, she's your baby.
2: Geez.
0: Do you? Uh, you know, one thing I've learned here since we've started doing Doctor Stu's podcast is really the relationships that are made and the friendships that are forged uh, during a pregnancy when there's a midwife, a doula involved. Wow, there's real. That is really the bedrock of some great friendships that go on and on.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it's very sweet. You know, I've it's got some families I've delivered their third baby just this past year. You oh, know? wow. So it's yeah. very interesting to, like, see that. that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's very sweet. There are a million... Be- um, Dr. Stu's it's, podcast, Home to a Million Beautiful Stories. It's a,
1: it's a much more peaceful uh, way of, of looking at birth and looking at uh, the generational thing with families and stuff. You, you know, doctors because of their liability because of their boundaries because of their medical board and all these those things you know they 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 have walls up that they're not supposed to cross over these things mm-hmm. all professionals sort of do but you know when you get to the profession of midwifery it, 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 they're more than just a midwife they become they become f- essentially you're a midwife for life mm-hmm. and even after the baby's delivered and the 6 week postpartum period is over you know patients call their midwives they have their home phone numbers, their cell phone numbers. they call their midwives they ask them about the baby's coughing funny or you know this is happening or this is happening or their girlfriend has this and they have they know they can call their midwife and they 're going to be answered and they're not they 're going to be answered relatively quickly either you know they 're not going to be days before the doctor calls them back there 's no uh, uh, there's no hesitation or any thought that this is something that's inappropriate. And I think something you said a moment ago, Doctor Stu, is really interesting. Gone
0: when you're dealing with your midwife. Gone is that sort of the doctor's up here and I'm sort of down here
2: feeling.
1: And you know, would you say so, Beth?
2: I'm yeah, but it's I mean I think that they still come to us asking. You know, we we have more information, so they ask us. But sure. it's definitely. A more comfortable relationship where there's not that same what i mean some people are there's a hierarchy isn't there the strata strata isn't there yeah it's not
1: it's not there's no it's not like a class or a caste system yeah that's what i was where thinking. you got the, right. these people up here and you got the lower people down here it doesn't doesn't work like At, that with mid and that's one of the things that i found really attractive about about working with midwives and working with families is that it's it's it's, it's more human and less formal
2: and a lot of what we like to what we we try to do is to have our clients educate themselves. We want them to have as much information as possible. Yeah, we right. want them to ask questions and we want them to make their own choice. I assume
0: one of the places to go for those resources and a lot of that information is your website, birthingrhythm.com. That's Beth Cannon's website, birthingrhythm.com. What happens there on your website? What's up over There's there? There's
2: some pictures <laughs> and some information just about services. Well, there's and some there's
1: some flowery stuff. And, and <laughs> no,
2: it's not too flowery. Er,
1: herbal remedies and <laughs> well, no, I mean it's your it's your website for
2: it's my website it. just so yeah. people can get information about moms my, midwifery care. Moms, dads. Right. I love what dads have to say. I think mo- I think testimonials
1: are really are really fun for people to read. The testimonials.
2: Mm. Yeah, my Yelp page has a lot of what dads say on there. So
0: and what wh- what's dad saying these days?
2: Dads love their midwives they do, right? They yeah. are, they're not really sure when they first come into care, like what it's all about, like what is all of this. Right. And then afterwards they're like, oh my gosh, I couldn't have done that without you. Like, mm. and, and they're so grateful because we want them to be involved in a part of everything that's happening. We never try to push them out. Well, very rarely. <laughs> um, but well, they, they they just love... Yeah,
1: remember, we never say never or always on the Dr. Stu podcast, right, Brian? Right, we never do that. We never no, do We that. always never do it.
2: Uh, yes. Sweet. Um, right. We're always open
1: to, uh, to all options. Right, we're never
0: close-minded.
2: We just, we have a different <laughs> relationship with our yeah. families, yeah, and right. we want them to make the, the best choices for themselves. So we want them to be educated, and often I find people that are doing concurrent care their provider... We'll tell them what oh, test is next, and that's she just. Violated, I did, I,
1: you violated Doctor Stu's rule number seven. You were called a provider. No, she just. We don't use the word provider. We, we, hate, we hate that word. I yes,
2: know. Right. I did it just for. I you. know you did. I, just
0: for fun. Yes. You saw
2: my air quotes, right?
0: <laughs> yes. Right. Um.
2: Anyway. But the you, but the
0: listeners didn't see though. Yeah. But now we know they were there. <laughs> uh, so at birthingrhythm.com, if you're a mom, if you are pregnant, do we use the word expecting anymore? I almost said that, and I thought felt like nineteen ten. If I are you expecting? Do people use that <laughs> phrase? I'm not. Really Really, right? Do moms still use that phrase? I
2: don't know. Are you
0: expecting? Is, that, is that, I don't hear that much anymore.
1: Well, y- y- you know, I don't know. I guess you still do it because it's in the title of the most popular book. Uh, what to
0: Expect When Expecting.
1: Yeah, What right. to Expect Which,
2: While you I cover that up sometimes in the bookstore. If you see, like, Ina May's guide over that book, uh-huh. that's me. You know <laughs> I was there.
1: Yeah, well, we've, we've, we've talked briefly about that book, too. And, and without being too pejorative about it, it's it's probably a book that's based more on fear, and there's there are a lot of other books that we would recommend including Ina May's book. Yeah, you know what we should have actually on the website. We should
0: have on Dr. Stewart's website a little book corner with, with a recommended uh, reading for moms and dads and families uh, that uh, are going to be moms and dads or are thinking
1: about being a mom and dad. Yeah, I, th- I can think of one book I like a lot. I what? think I think it's called Fearless Pregnancy. Yes, by this guy uh, yeah, Dr. Stewart Fishboo. Right. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Fearless Pregnancy is right. a great book. How many- No,
1: actually I have a reading list on my on my home birth website oh we need to put that on dr i think it's on there i think uh, there's a flag on there for um okay cool birthing instincts but i think beth probably do you have a book list on your
2: i'm not sure i have to look i know i have i know i have um links um to different people in the community but i'm not sure if the book list is in there Mm. it is in the information i give my clients when they come into care
0: beth anything you want to get in here uh before we wrap up today
2: um, yeah, I actually have considered now that this has been, this law has um, defined it as black and white, just the, the idea of becoming a, an OB. Okay, so that's an interesting idea. It sounds like a lot of money. It sounds <laughs> uh, interesting, and I'd be learning s- surgeries and all of this, sure. but would I learn breech birth? The answer Is no, not in this country because they've actually stopped teaching. And I've written some letters this over this past couple weeks to different um, teaching hospitals. And I've actually written to ACOG. Of course, no one's written back to me yet. Mm. But don't um,
1: don't hold your breath.
2: The I'm not. But I have heard back. I've heard back from. Doctors in other countries where they are still teaching. So, my option would be that I would either have to go to Australia, I would have to go to France, Belgium, Germany. Um, I could go to Israel, mm. which all sounds great. Yeah, but by just- the way,
0: Australia is beautiful, apparently. At this time of year? <laughs> wow. Well, and they'll teach you how to do a breach, too. I mean, what
2: really. Gonna- I just think it's a little bit frustrating that yeah. this skill is not even being taught to doctors anymore. So, therefore, there are going to be less doctors that know how to do the skill. The doctors that do know are retiring. And this, there there and basically limits choices for women and doctors don't even know how is it that I'm a a, a newer midwife that has seen more breach vaginal deliveries than most of the physicians in our country in our country that's me
1: yeah yes so that's one of the things with the with the assembly bill where they're where they're stopping midwives from doing breach. if they were allowing doctors to do them or they were teaching doctors doing that would be one thing but to remove it completely is 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 you know it's a real problem you know I don't even know exactly well, it sounds like why such a I crazy get, idea. Why I get why so, I get so riled up about this because, you know, Canada at least is going back the other way. Canada's another place mm-hmm. where you could learn. I could. Yeah, and that's a little closer, too. Yeah, the commute's a little easier yeah. <laughs>
0: than Australia every day. Oh, you think the 405's bad? She goes to Australia, she's home. Eight
2: o'clock,
1: <laughs> nine o'clock at night sometimes. You Takes forever. Those, you got to tuck those kids in bed and then turn around and go home.
2: Well, uh, last year I went to the International Breach Conference sponsored by the Coalition for Breach Birth mm. in Washington, D.C., and Dr. Stu was there, and... And it was A lot of It was, uh, it was uh, uh, one of the peak experiences of my career because there was international physicians, midwives, doulas, all talking about different ways to deliver breach, what they're doing in their country, how, you know, the mechanisms of, of labor. It was just really wonderful to be in that forum with all these professionals talking about safe ways to deliver breach babies.
0: That. Cool. And the website again for Beth Cannon, her website is birthingrhythm.com, birthingrhythm.com. So uh, check that out for sure. And I guess uh, the idea there is maybe, you know, a lot of moms, they, they might be they might be unsure about using the services of a midwife because they have a, they, they just lack information. I mean, that obviously is, I'm sure, going on in a lot of cases. You don't have the information, but avail yourself to it. And it's all right there on the website. Yes. Thank you so much
1: for coming in. And and people need to pay attention to what's going on in the news, whether it has to do with birthing or has to do with anything else that's going on in Sacramento or Washington. You cannot bury your head in the sand. You have to be because these things pass in the dead of night. You don't know what's in them. You don't know what's happening. To quote our friend Nancy Pelosi, you know, you have to pass the bill to find out what's in it. You know, this is it. It shouldn't be that way. And with with this bill, it was billed as a as a, a big plus for midwives. But I, the more I look at it, the more, you know, we were functioning in the old system and midwives could do certain things, but that gray is being now removed and it's going to be black and white. And I don't really like black and white because mm. it, 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 you need to individualize and the choice belongs again with the, with the client and the collaboration between midwife and physician, as we've said many times on the podcast is, is really the best way to go. And so people should need to check out people like Beth. You know, I've worked with Beth at many deliveries now. We've done breaches, we've done v we've done twins, we've done, well, we've done everything. Yeah. Beth, Beth caught, a, you know, Beth caught tw- one first twin before I could even get there one time. Mm. I mean, it was, she came so fast. Wow. But if she had to be transferred, it'd be a real problem. And we don't want to have that, that
0: sort of thing happen. Well, thank you for joining us and taking this second look at Assembly Bill 1308 here in California. Beth Cannon, thanks for being a wonderful guest.
2: Thanks for having me. We
0: appreciate it. Birthingrhythm.com is the website. Subscribe to Dr. Stew's podcast on iTunes. Write them a nice review. Give them five stars. And be sure to come back, of course, next time as you join us. For Dr. Stuart Fishbine. I'm Brian Whitman. Thanks for listening to Dr. Stew's podcast.